time, uh, Brother Raul Cordero will come and give us our scripture reading. So let's all turn to God's Word to Proverbs chapter 15. God bless you, church. If you are able to, kindly stand in reverence to our Lord's Word in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, starting in verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. The way of the slothful man is in hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. A man hath joy by the answers of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. God bless you, church. Please turn to Proverbs chapter 15, and I'm going to read just two verses as we begin today. And the, the message is important. It's about money. <laughs> and money is important to us. Money is an important part of our lives, an important part of our culture, and the whole system in which we live. I want to speak to you about breaking the power of money. Proverbs chapter 15 and we'll read together if you could read out loud with me as we begin verses 16 and 17. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 16 and 17. Let's read it out loud. Here we go. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. And let's pray. So, Father, we bow in Your presence and we thank You, God, that You are a great and mighty God, that You have filled the sun with light, 
that shines upon the whole world. One sun is sufficient for the whole world. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the sufficient sun, sufficient to save all who call on you. Lord, you've made the ocean basins full of water. You've made the heavens and the sky full of your glory. And you've made our hearts to be filled with you. So, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill each person today, that your love would fill us, that, Lord Jesus, a desire to bring you glory would fill our lives. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, breaking the power of money. Now, Scripture has a razor's edge of balance in everything in which it deals. And it has a a balanced view of wealth as well. The Scripture in general and the book of Proverbs specifically is balanced like a razor's edge on this matter of money and wealth. The Bible tells us in Proverbs principles of wealth creation and it's not always bad at all. Wealth can be a sign of God's blessing, but it isn't always a sign of God's blessing. The Bible teaches us in the book of Proverbs how to use our wealth. And so it deals and discusses a number of aspects about money. So today I want to do really part one in breaking the power of money, and we'll continue this next week. But let us begin as we just think about the balance of money here. And we see in Scripture that the book of Proverbs teaches us the blessing of money. You know, money can be a blessing to us. Money in itself is not bad. It's money. And the Bible teaches us that when a wise person lives out their wisdom, in Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at a few verses. If you go back to Proverbs chapter 3, and you're going to have to turn quick, try to keep up with me on this. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. Proverbs 3, verse 9, with the first fruits of all thine increase. And then he says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And so that's a good thing. Money can be a good thing to have your barns filled in order to give to God, he even says here. And then if you look at, at verse number 10, he said, uh, no, I'm sorry, if you go down to verse number 16, of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 16 he says length of days are in her right hand and he's specifically talking about wisdom because of wisdom length of days are in her right hand and in her left hand there are riches and honor so riches and honor it's not bad it's not bad to be rich and he says in wisdom there's With wisdom, there are riches and honor at times. And it says in another place, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. So the Bible's here speaking about the blessing of money. That God enriches wise men who fear God. And that's a good thing. Now, you've all heard the expression, money is power. And in the worldly sense, in the world in which we live, to a certain extent... That's true, I, I, and I've tried to think about that and even dispute that. But that, there, there is truth in that statement from a worldly perspective. Because money is the commodity that we use to trade in order to pay for things that we want. And the more money you have, 
the more you'll be able to buy the things that you want, even for your survival. And that's not a bad thing to survive, right? That's a blessing <laughs> to survive. So you need money. We all need money to survive. And so money's not a bad thing. The more money you have, the more power in some ways you'll have to buy the things you need, as well as to move around. The more money you have, you can fly where you want to go. You can buy a car and drive where you would like to go. You have more freedom with money. You can do lots of things, more things with money. Money gives you more options. You have more opportunities with money. You have more choices with money. You, you know, the Bible even says you have more friends with money. And that's actually what the Bible says. It says the poor is hated even of his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Now, whether you like it or not, that's often how the way things were. Remember when Mike Tyson, after, you know, when he was in this heyday of boxing, all the people who followed him around, the rich, I, I think the, that's what I think of. I think of a, a boxer with, what they call the, the people who would always follow the boxer his entourage, his entourage, yeah. He has, he has a lot of friends because they're like trying to get, leech off him a little bit. But money gives you options. What school you want to go to. It gives you opportunities to pursue a particular career, to start a business. Money helps you choose where you want to live, to get the education you want, the career you want to pursue. So money can be used for a lot of wonderful things. To provide for your family. That's a good thing. That's a blessing to have money. To provide for your family. As a father, I love to provide for my kids when they were in our home. I, I love, enjoy buying them Christmas presents. I, I, I help pay for their college education. And that was a blessing that I could do that. Money, so we, ha we have money to give to the Lord's work. I love to give. Don't you love to give to God's work? I've talked talk to Christian people about giving. And our church, we're not about getting people's money. That's not what we're here for. But I've talked to Christian people. You know what I found in Christian people? The people I talk to, Christian people love to give. Because we all know God's given us something that we can't buy. And no matter how much we give, we can't outgive God. We cannot, we cannot give to Him in any sense of equality what He has given to us. So, and I, 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 that's what I find from Christian people. We have to give. You know what's a blessing to, with money? We, we can pay our debts. <laughs> we can pay our taxes. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to get in trouble with the government not paying my taxes. Believe me, I don't want the IRS after me. I want to pay my taxes. So money's a blessing. It's a tool. It's a powerful tool. But there is some greater power in this world than money. And that's what the world doesn't realize. While there may be some element of power in money, money is not the ultimate power that we need in this life. Power belongs, I love it in Psalm 62, power belongs to God. Ultimate power. And the power we ultimately need is not the power of money. It's the power of God in our lives. And that's what we want to see today. So the, the Bible talks about the blessing of money, but the Bible also speaks about the danger of money. Now, isn't it something when you don't have money, when you don't have enough money to pay your bills, and man, you're stressed out, really full of feel pressure, 
and I, I think we've all kind of been there as well at one time or another. But not having money gives us such problems and puts so much pressure on us that it's easy for us to think, if I just had money, all my problems would be gone. <laughs> That's what money can kind of do. Does that make sense? It's like, if I just had money, I wouldn't have any problems. But look at all the people who have lots of money and look at all their problems. <laughs> right? So money ultimately doesn't solve problems. Actually, money can create a lot of danger. When one thinks that money, for example, is the ultimate power in this world to have. I read one article this week, money is power, so get more of it, you know. And basically pour your whole life into just making more money. That could be dangerous. Because there are people who are rich, who are actually poor. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse uh, 7 speaks of that. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. They have nothing, even though they have all this money. So money can be very deceptive. And we've all heard this. You've heard this verse. The love of money is what? The root of all evil. Now, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So there is a danger in money in that sense. Now, I looked up that online. I went, like, the love of money. You know what I found? That people make fun of that. Say, it's not the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's the lack of money that's the root of all evil. No, that's not what the Bible says. It's not the lack of money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of it. Why? Because money can suck us into a life of frantic distraction. Money can suck us into a life of selfish consumption. Money can suck us into a life of ruthless behavior, treating people bad just to get it. Money can suck us into a life of uncontrollable addiction. You can get addicted to money. Now, whereas a person can overdose on heroin and end up dead... You're, if you overdose on money, if you're a money junkie, you're not going to overdose like somebody would overdose on heroin. But it could kill you in another kind of way. The danger of money. For example, Proverbs even begins with this. In Proverbs chapter 1, there's a plot going on. And the evil are saying, come. Come, let us get together. Let us wait for blood. Violence. Let us commit violence. Wait for blood. Let us lurk privately for that innocent person without a cause. And what's the motive now? You know this phrase too. There's a lot of cliches with money. Follow the money. Follow the money. It's not that they want to kill for killing's sake here. They want to kill somebody to get their precious substance. Proverbs chapter 1. And verse 11 and 13 around in there, they're precious. He says, we will find precious substance. We will fill our houses with spoil. So here's the addiction of money. And then in Proverbs chapter 4, I think it connects with this where he says, they sleep not, except they have done their mischief. Their sleep is taken away. In other words, this is an addict. They're so driven, they don't even sleep. They've got to have... They've got to have their drug before they can sleep. And their drug is money. There's a darkness 
to this kind of an addiction. And you think about the love of money. Why is it the root of all evil? Because money will cause you to break the first commandment because money can become a god. And what's the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So money will cause you to break that first commandment. And money will cause you to break that last commandment. What's the last commandment? Thou shalt not covet. And so when you have that greed for money in your heart, as our title slide had, and I'll have it again, the, the title slide, it's, it's on your notes, by the way, on page 10. You see that? I, that's a very powerful image. You open up your shirt. You open up what's inside your heart. And what is it? Money, you know, gold. But money will lead you to break the first commandment and the last commandment and everyone else in between. <laughs> Basically, because they're like, they frame the commandments. The first one, thou shalt know where the gods. The last commandment, thou shalt not covet. And then the ones in between, you'll break them if you break those. In other words, you'll dishonor your parents. You'll commit adultery for money. You'll, you'll steal. You'll lie. You'll, you'll break the, you'll, you won't want to worship God if you're doing all these things and, and so forth. This is why the love of money is the root of all evil. What did Jesus say? Just quickly, a couple of verses that I thought of. Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon, and mammon is money. Jesus said that, talked about money, will, will quench the Word of God. In other words, you'll, you'll hear the Word of God, but because of a love for money, the deceitfulness of riches will be like a, a weed that will choke the Word from your heart. Through the deceitfulness of riches will choke the Word of God. So if you have this greed for money. And Jesus said, a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And in the New Testament, amazingly, money is often termed filthy in, in our King James Bible. And I love our King James. I like the way it phrases things. It says, money is filthy lucre. And they, they actually say to them, money is one of the dirtiest things you can pick up, just with the, the germs on it and everything. That there's a dirtiness, and, and that, that's like almost a spiritual aspect to money. So, let's talk about money. And the first, really the first principle and what we want to talk about this morning, and we're going to rifle through these things, hopefully we, we won't take too much time, but the first principle that we really have to ask ourselves is to answer this question. So, with this in mind, how important is money to you? Do you see the blessing of it? Do you see the danger of it? How important is money to you? Now, again, you've heard this. You've heard this. You've heard it said, money isn't everything, but it's way ahead, whatever's in second place. Have you heard that one? <laughs> so money, okay, I got you, preacher. I won't put money first, but it's sure going to be way ahead of whatever's in second place. I thought about that. You know that's not true? I'm going to tell you at least seven things that are better than money. I thought about entitling this message, What's Better Than Money? But I really want to talk about as well, though, the main heart is we've got to break any power of addiction over money in our lives. We've got to break that power and we have to answer this question, therefore, how important is money to you? Is it the principal thing you're chasing around that you've got to get? So I want us to look at a number of things, seven things, in fact, that are better than money. So to break this power of money, 
We need to know what's better than money. Have you ever thought about that? Could you tell me seven things that are better than money? Well, after this message, I hope you'll be able to tell me at least seven things that are better than money in the book of Proverbs. The first thing that's better than money is wisdom. This is the book of wisdom. And in the book of Proverbs, we're told to get wisdom and get understanding. Nowhere does Proverbs say, get money. you got to get money. <laughs> Before you get wisdom, get money. Jesus said, seek ye first the... Not money. We need wisdom. That's the message of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 14 says, For the merchandise of it, and here's just a straight, flat-out comparison between money and wisdom. He says, the merchandise of it. And so there's a commodity. He's, he's saying that wisdom is like a commodity, the way we would use money as a commodity, a merchandise of buying and selling. The merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of the silver. And the gain, the gain is the revenue, it's the income, it's the dividends, it's the stock increase, if you will. The, the gain of wisdom is better than gold, especially the way our stock market's going. So, wisdom is clearly better than money. And, and we read of this in many scriptures. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11. Wisdom is better than rubies. All the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Proverbs chapter 8. Look at, go back to Proverbs chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 18. He says, Riches and honor are with me, and durable riches and righteousness. And he says then in verse 19, My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. So we read this over and over again in Proverbs, not just one time. I'm not making a mistake here. The Bible says wisdom is better than money. And Proverbs chapter, one more here, Proverbs chapter 16, and verse 16 says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding than to be chose, than choice silver? And we've said what wisdom is. So why, why is wisdom so much better than gold and silver? And why? Why is it better? Because wisdom is the skillful application of your relationship with God. So you say you know Jesus Christ? You say you know Him? Okay, flesh out your relationship with Jesus Christ to those people around you. And we all need money. That's, that's settled for sure. So since we need money, we need to love God in our pursuit of money. And we need to love our neighbor as ourselves so we don't step all over them. And so we need wisdom for that. Because the fact of in this world there are moral rules... And we didn't make them. God does. God has made certain rules, the way things work. And it's a complex world. It's not an easy world to navigate. It's a difficult life to get along and work along in all aspects of life at home, community, work, church. Life is hard. And so we need wisdom more than money to work everything out in our lives. 
Because without wisdom, we can easily become ruthless in our treatment of others. And that's bad. So wisdom is better than money. The second thing is, this doesn't surprise you, because these are the two, two themes, really, of the book of Proverbs. Wisdom and the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is better than money. But we're told this straight up in the verses that we read earlier. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 16. Now, I thought this was interesting because our memory verse says there is no fear in love. Now, somebody might say, ah, see, the Bible has contradictions in it. There's, we're not supposed to be afraid. Whosoever, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So what does this say? The fear of the Lord. Well, I thought it says I'm not supposed to be afraid. And now you're telling me I'm, I'm supposed to be afraid. It's not a contradiction. It's totally two different kinds of fear we're talking about. The, the fear of First John from our memory verse is a servile fear that leads us to run away from God. Remember when Adam sinned? What did he do? What was his first response? He was afraid of God, not in the holy sense, but in a, oh no, I'm going to be found out and I don't want to change. <laughs> I, want to, I want to keep on the way I'm going here. And they run from God because they know when they meet God, He's going to correct them and bring conviction to them. So Adam ran away from God. That's the kind of fear First John's talking about. That's not the kind of fear this is talking about. This kind of fear in Proverbs chapter 15, do I have it? Is joyful wonder. The fear of the Lord is joyful wonder before the greatness of God. This fear of the Lord leads us to come to the Lord. It leads us to bow to the Lord. It leads us to submit to Him and want to obey Him. So he says in this verse, better is little. Sometimes you're better off with a little in this life, with the fear of God, if having all that money is just going to bring you trouble. You're better off just having a little. With the fear of the Lord. Now, I love this comparison because these passages, and even this passage, think about this passage now when he says, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. He's really not comparing having a little to having a lot. He's comparing having the fear of the Lord in your life versus having trouble. And for sure, walking in the fear of God is good. And having this kind of turmoil, that's the idea of trouble in this verse, then great trouble. I even looked up this verse and how it appears in other places. And interestingly, it's used when the Philistines turned against themselves. Remember some of those battles in the Old Testament? The armies would start, the Israel would go into fight a, a, a battle, and the army, the, the Philistines would start fighting themselves. So the Israelites would say, oh, you want to kill each other? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out and watch that one, you know. And, and so they turned against themselves. And so here he's saying, it's better to have the fear of God in your home and in your church rather than you start turning against one another and, and, and the members of your household become your enemies. How awful. How awful. But that's the idea. There's trouble in the home when daughter turns against son, when father turns against son, when mother turns against daughter, when daughter turns against, uh, uh, when sister turns against brother and so forth. And when the family 
turns inward and creates such conflict within that family. And you know what can also often do that? What can often do that? Money. You ever see when a rich relative dies and how the family works out that inheritance? It can be ugly, can it? And they start fighting with each other. So these passages are not saying that money is bad. As we've already said, material wealth can be good and a blessing. But there are dangers. But what these passages are saying is this, and hear me now. What these passages are saying is that these things are more important than money. Wisdom is more important than money. And the fear of the Lord is better than to have the wealth of this world. Because we need wisdom and the fear of the Lord to use money right as the right tool in order to pay our debts and meet our needs and and do the things we want to do or else we're going to misuse it. Now, some of these passages we'll look at, this being the first, says better is little with the fear of the Lord. I want to say to you, if you only make a little money, don't be ashamed of that. If that's what you should be making right now and you're where God wants you to be, that's okay. Don't compare yourself with other people your age or other people you went to school work with or in your neighborhood. Don't be ashamed. If you're working in the will of God, doing your best for God, you may have a little, but if you have the fear of the Lord and wisdom, you're rich. You're rich. And... There are higher rewards for a godly life than the riches of this world. Riches are not always the reward or the demonstration of God's blessings to you. Now, can God use a pay increase, maybe another job where you get more money? Could that be a demonstration of God's blessing to you? Do you you take that as a blessing from the Lord if you get a pay increase? Sure you do. But, God's rewards are not always measured in money. Now, there's a false teaching that promotes this lie called the prosperity gospel. And they basically say, if you have faith in God and you're seeking God, then He's going to bless you with wealth. That is a lie. And it's not true. Actually, that's what Job's friends were telling Job. (laughs) Throughout the whole Job interaction, they were saying, Job, you stop seeking God. You're not seeing God. If you seek God, all your problems will go away. They were prosperity gospel preachers, and they were wrong. Riches are not always the reward of God's blessings. And think about it. If God always rewarded His people who seek Him, who have faith in Him with wealth, if God always rewarded everyone who seeks Him, who has faith in Him with wealth, what would we all be? We'd all be rich. Oh, you're not rich? The prosperity gospel says. They kind of put the guilt trip on you. It's because you don't have enough faith. Oh, you want to be rich? This is the prosperity gospel. You want to be rich? Plant a seed in my back pocket. Give to me and you'll be rich. That's, that's what they do. They abuse, and th- th- they abuse their congregations. Don't put up with that. The fear of the Lord is better. He says here, and this is the foundational principle of the book of Proverbs. The third thing is love is better than money. 
And that's in our next verse that we look at, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 17. I, I love this verse. Better is a dinner of veggies. Veggie, herbs. You know, peas and carrots, greens, collard greens. Oh, now, collard, now we're talking, brother. Some soul food there, right? Collard greens and kale. Better is a, a dinner of veggies than a porterhouse steak at Peter Luger's. Is that what it says? Wait a minute. So, let, me, let me clarify that translation. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Now, notice he doesn't say that a dinner of vegetables is better than the finest filet. That's not the comparison. Because if you gave me a choice of what's better, a porterhouse steak or a pile of vegetables, you know where I'm going to go every time. A porterhouse. That's the best steak. You know why? It has on one side the New York Strip. But on the other side, even better, it has the filet. So you get both with that porterhouse. That's why that's good, just in case you didn't know that. So he's not saying that vegetables are better than steak. The crucial difference here is that there's love where the, the vegetables are, and there's hatred where the porterhouse steak is, where the stalled ox is. And what would you rather have, that being the choice? I will take the vegetables where there's love. And not the stake where there's hatred. You see, money is sometimes the difference between the two. Not always. And that's why we need wisdom and the fear of the Lord. So that we don't allow money to control us so that we're hateful towards other people. But money is sort of like handling a live wire and it can easily electrocute you if you don't handle it wisely. And it can bring hatred and strife into your home. And that's the idea here. Love beats hate every time. And the turmoil of hate in the home cancels the value of money. If you're rich and you just have conflict and hatred, and turmoil in your home, it's not a good trade-off for the money. You're better off being poor and having love than having wealth and hatred. Amen? Amen. Love. The finest foods do not make up the difference where hatred dwells. And you know what breaks the power of money? Wisdom. The fear of the Lord. You know what breaks the power of money? Love. We've been memorizing 1 John. I don't know if you're doing this, but I'm trying. I've memorized 1 John when I was in college. And I'm, you know, it's not easy. And actually these verses, some of these verses really in chapter 4, they, they like blend together. So you have to work at it. And I encourage you because it's good work. It's, it's spiritual, it has spiritual value to memorize the Bible. Especially at those times of day, maybe you come under temptation to do something you shouldn't do at a particular time of day. Maybe it's the morning, maybe it's the afternoon, maybe it's the night. I don't know. But that's the time you should be memorizing the verse right there. When you're under that heavy temptation. But I have them memorized in 1 John 4. And I, was so, I, I just love in these verses, 
I think in, in verse 10 where he says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. That God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And that phrase, only begotten Son, is a deep phrase in the New Testament. Only found maybe in four places. God manifested His love toward us and He sent His only begotten Son into the world. And then He says, and herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, a lot of times Christians hear that word propitiation and their eyes glaze over. But propitiation is a profound word that basically says Jesus Christ bore the wrath of God in our place. We don't bear the wrath of God in hell forever because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He died on the cross to bear the, the, the justice of my sin. Amazing. And then in the next verse, John just explodes. He says, Beloved, because God sent His only begotten Son, and He's the propitiation of our sin, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And this is greater than money. Number four is righteousness. Righteousness is better than money. Having righteousness, that's doing right. And living right. And notice, I put here the verse with the, the Hebrew, huh, but it says, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. So, and I, I did that to say there's two different Hebrew words. Just simply to say. Those are the two different Hebrew words. And basically the first one means is you doing right. So better is a little with you doing right. The founder of the school where I went, one of his favorite sayings was, do right till the stars fall. So it's better for us to have a little bit with as long as we're going to do right no matter what, than having great revenues without right. And that's the idea of tre treating people with, us, with justice or treating people right. So the first one is us doing right. The second one, without right, is really us treating people right. And so he says, better is a little bit. Again, it's better to have a little than to sell your soul to the devil and have a lot. And we sometimes read about that in popular culture. Different artists, they would not even be well known. But you know what they do? They sell their soul. Literally, they sell their soul to the devil in order to become famous. And it's not worth it to become famous. The reality is in this life is sometimes Christians have to say, if I live out my Christian principles here and I do right and treat people right, I might not make as much money as the other person because they don't do right in order to make their money. They cheat. They deceive. They lie. They don't treat people right in order to make money. But I'm not going to put money ahead of doing right and treating people right. So the conditions, here's my point, the conditions in which wealth is often obtained in this world 
you have to do wrong and treat people bad. But we don't go there. We also don't practice gambling. Christian, anytime you want to buy a numbers ticket, don't buy it and put the money in the offering. How's that? Okay, I said that. Let's see. Okay. That's just throwing your money down a rat hole. We don't get rich by gambling. That's the world's way of doing things. You're going to go poor gambling before you're going to get rich anyway. And I don't want that to happen to you. The great purpose of our life is not more money. The great purpose of our life is wisdom, the fear of God, love, and righteousness. And when I think of righteousness, again, I have it on the screen. Who is our righteousness? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the righteous. Do you know why this is important? Because it says in Proverbs that, that righteousness delivers us from death. And I'll, I'll guarantee you this, money won't. <laughs> That's why righteousness is better than money. Because righteousness will deliver us from death. Not our righteousness, but whose righteousness delivers us from death? The righteousness of Jesus Christ. Why could He die on the cross for you? And have His death pay for yours? How could that happen? It's because in Him was what? No sin. He knew no sin. He did no sin. In Him was no sin. Because He had no sin, He didn't deserve to die, but He did die in love for you. And therefore, His death could pay for yours and mine and the, and the sins of the whole world. He is the righteous One who took our sins in His body. He is the just One, the righteous One, who always did right, who always treated people right, and yet He was treated like a criminal and He was hated and He was beaten and He was spat upon. And he never complained or murmured. There was no deceit in his mouth. He's the, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he took our sins that we might be saved and that through him we have righteousness through Jesus Christ. Number five, you know what's better than money? Having peace. Now we're getting to McDonald's. We're going to McDonald's now. Okay, here's the verse. Better is a... Chicken McNugget, okay. a dry morsel, if you really want to be technical, it's not chicken in this verse. It's stale bread, okay? You can read it that way if you like. Now, if you're going to eat stale bread, how do you do that? Dip it in a lot of oil, like they give you the oil at Italian restaurants because they give you stale bread? <laughs> That's what they do. They just give you stale bread. Here's the oil. Dip it in there. You know. Or put a lot of butter on it. Butter makes everything good. I prefer the butter. But he says, better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith. Peace. <coughs> Quiet. No conflict. Than a house full of sacrifices with strife. So this house full of sacrifices speaks of feasting on the meat offerings Offered in sacrifices, bought in the town market. Uh, some kind of a lavish meal is the point. So what's being compared here is stale bread versus a lavish meal. And what's better? To have a lavish meal with strife? Or to have stale bread with quietness? And obviously you, you want peace. 
peace and contentment in the home rather than quarreling and conflict. So here, here's the point of this verse. We see in this verse that when you sit at the table, there's something more important than what's on the table. It's the relationships around the table. In those relationships, is there calm or is there conflict? Is there quiet or is there quarreling? And we don't want the conflict and the quarreling. God, give us contentment. Give us peace. Because having peace, I will take peace over money. Number six, integrity. Integrity is better than money. Now, there are really two verses here. I'm going to go to chapter two. I'm going to go out of order in these last two points because I want to finish with number seven. But I'm going to, so I put here number six, and it's chapter 28 and verse six, and also chapter, Proverbs chapter 19, verse one. But I put here on the screen chapter 28, verse six. It says, Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways. Though he be rich. Think about that. This is not how the world operates. Better is the poor? No way. There's no way the poor can be better in any situation or condition. Isn't that the way the world thinks? That's not the Bible. And the Bible is the Word of God. We really have to believe the Bible and not the way of this world. And God tells us, better is the poor that walks... In his uprightness, that word uprightness is translated integrity in chapter 19, verse 1, where it says, better is the poor that walks in his integrity. So the idea of uprightness is integrity. That means you're trustworthy, you're honest, you, you speak a word and your word, can, is, your word is word. You can be trusted by what you say. So he said, the poor that walks in his uprightness with integrity... Is, is better than he that is perverse or crooked in his ways, though he be rich. So take your choice. But now, I know what, I know what our choice is. Choice is, I want to be rich and have integrity. How about that? Can I have that? Yes, you can. As I've said, money is, is good. It's a blessing. But in order to be wealthy and have integrity, what do you need? Wisdom. Fear of the Lord. Love, righteousness, peace, and integrity. We often use the term better off, right? Like, oh, that person is better off than I am. And what do we mean? They have more. They have more money. They're better off. Better off often in the way we use it refers to one who is wealthy. They're better off. But what the, the writer of Proverbs is saying here is that the poor are better off than the rich if the poor has integrity and if that rich person is a perverse, immoral person. Now, here we are in a church. This is church? No, 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 come on. This is a school. Oh, it is a, a building. It's a school during the week, but you know what it is right now? We're using it as a church. Oh, but you don't have a church... If you don't have a building, right? No, that's not true. Because a church is not a building. But why don't you have a building? Because we're poor. We have an office that we bought for a lot of money, but it's just a little office. (laughs) 
So you could say it in the way, according, according to some people, you say, well, you're a poor church. Materially, because we don't have a beautiful building, I guess you could say we're poorer than a lot of churches in this city. Because have you noticed there's some beautiful, amazing architectural structures in this building that have some kind of church on the outside? One such church is just a few blocks from here. It's called Grace Church, right down here on the East Village across town. I pass it every Sunday as I go up to our office on, 40, uh, on 3rd Avenue and 41st Street. They own a stately, amazing building. I believe it's Episcopalian. But earlier this year, they had a person dressed as a drag queen during their school come right down the aisle of the church sanctuary and the children in the school were clapping for this drag queen as she twerked. And whatever else she did, I didn't see the thing. But she was introduced as the Queen of New York. Now, beloved, this is perverse. It's happening in schools, but now they want to come into our churches, not this church. And if that keeps us poor, so be it. That church may have a nicer building than us, but to me, that's how this verse relates. Better is the poor than walks in his uprightness. Here's how I interpret it for this situation. Better is a church that meets in a school building, that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, doing their best to preach the Gospel, believes on the Bible as the Word of God, believes that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, rose again, He's coming soon, believes with their heart that people need salvation in Christ. Better is a church like that, though they don't have a church building, than a church that has drag queens parading down the aisle in beautiful buildings. And that's the choice we've made for us to be here today. The last thing is a good name. What's better than money? A good name is better than money. Wisdom is better than money. Fear of the Lord, love, righteousness, peace, integrity. A good name. Now notice this verse. It says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. So even, he didn't say a great name. You don't have to have a great name. Most, pe- most of us are not going to, when we leave this life, we're not going to have a great name. I mean, a great name meaning that, like, let's say the whole world knows about you. <laughs> I mean, maybe a few people will know about us when we die, and then after one generation or so, we're, we're basically forgotten. But if you have a good name, that is, people respect you, you have a good reputation. You have, you have godly character and honesty. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Riches will earn you social favor. Is that true? Riches, if, if somebody has money, as I said earlier, they have many friends. They have respect in that sense because they have money. And people will respect them. And they have a, they have a, a name. But to have just a good name even without the riches, a name of honesty, a name of respect, a name of character, it's better. Why is that? Why is a good name to be chosen than great riches? Because like I said earlier, the stock market, and this is back in June, and this was a headline that I just kind of 
quickly just cut and paste, but it says stock market's fall has wiped out $3 trillion in retirement savings this year. That's, that was June, and it's even worse now. What's it up to, like maybe $6 trillion? I don't know. <laughs> a, a lot. So the, the point is, is you can have your money today and lose it tomorrow, but if you have a good name, you won't lose it. Keep your name. So I close. Go to 2 Corinthians as we close today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I don't have it on the screen, so please turn with me there. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. We're talking about breaking the power of money. And in this world, as I said at the very start, I said the world says money is power. But to me, you know what's real power? Wisdom. We need the power of God to have wisdom. The fear of the Lord is power. Love is power. Righteousness is power. Peace is power. Integrity is power. A good name is power. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, are you there? Could you read it with me? It says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. You know how I know that all these things that I've said is better than money? Because Jesus Christ could have come to this earth and had it all. But He didn't. He became poor. Why? So that through His poverty of going to the cross, we could be rich. And the rich there is not talking just about material wealth. He's talking about true spiritual riches that are for all eternity. That we could have forgiveness of sins. That we could have true salvation. That we could have the new birth. So here is Jesus Christ in power laying His life down. And He is wisdom. It says even when He went, to, when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he wept sweat drops of blood. And it says He feared. He had a, a holy reverence and fear for God, bowing before God, saying, not My will, but Thine be done. Jesus Christ is wisdom. He feared God. He is love. He is righteousness. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the man of righteousness and integrity. And it is His name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that He is Lord. And so His name is greater than all money of all this world. And when we know Him, I say to you today, in Jesus Christ, you're rich. And God sometimes chooses the poor of this world to be rich in faith. And you have more than the richest man alive. Because in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. And we're going to go to a place one day where the streets, of, the streets are going to be paved in diamonds and gold. You call the streets of gold? I, I kind of think it's more like diamond because it says it's crystal clear. Can you imagine if the streets are made with diamonds? I mean, that's usually just rough material they use to make the streets. Diamonds are the rough material in heaven. Do you know what we have in Jesus Christ, dear friends? We have the wealth for all eternity. So do not let money control you in this life. We need it. And get it with wisdom, in the fear of the Lord, with love, righteousness, peace, with integrity, maintaining your good name. 
And then when you get it, use it for the glory of God as a tool for the glory of God. Let's stand together as we pray. Lord, we're in this world where money is power, but we need a power greater than money. We need your power, Lord. The power of your Spirit. And we thank you that we have your power. The power of your Word. The power of the Gospel. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your power, Lord. Power belongs to you, God. And Lord, here we are as simple people, a simple church, gathered together as the body of Christ. And I pray your hand of blessing on each of us today. We have some diligent, hardworking people in our church diligently working and laboring to provide for their needs. And some are struggling, meet their needs, to raise up their family and their children, and they have to pay for expensive college educations. Lord, help them and provide for the children to get the education that the parents would like for them to have without excessive debt. Lord, provide for us, for you are rich. And God, we, we, and you told us to seek first your kingdom, that the things and the needs of this life, because Lord, you know we have needs for food and shelter and clothing, and you said all these things will be added as we seek you first. So Lord, that's what this message is all about. We're not controlled or addicted by money. We, we believe, Lord, that wisdom and the fear of the Lord and love and righteousness and peace and integrity and a good name are better than money. And Lord, all that is found in you, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And how many say, Pastor Matt, I know by the grace of God, if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I'm saved. I put my faith in Jesus. And I'm born again. I'm His child. I am His and He is mine. If I died, I'll go to heaven because my faith is in Jesus Christ. Can I see your hand? Just put it up and hold it up. And as you put your hand up and you know you're saved, just say, thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm rich. (laughs) I'm rich in Jesus. Oh, Father, work now. You may put your hands down. Is there anyone who'd say, Pastor Matt, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Would you just pray for me? Now, there's nobody looking. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. But I'm just wondering, can I pray for anyone? Is there anyone like that who'd say, Pastor Matt, I do need Jesus Christ as my Savior. Can I see your hand? Just put it up or just acknowledge to me, anyone at all. So, Lord, we need you. We love you. And we thank you. Jesus Christ, you are all in all. Thank you that though you were rich, Lord Jesus, while you were rich, you became poor. Thank you for all you did for us by going to the cross and suffering for us, Lord. Thank you that you're a great Savior. Thank you that you're our friend. Thank you, Lord. Oh, bless us now today and through the week. In Jesus' name, amen.